Is there music in space? It's a question best answered by a story. Back in the 1940s, Alfred Hitchcock was making Lifeboat. And because the entire movie takes place on a small boat afloat in the ocean, Hitch asked, if these people are alone and adrift at sea, where is the music coming from? The composer responded, the same place you set your camera. (laughs) So, yes, if there's music in the middle of the ocean, there's music in the galaxies far, far away. Music is the magic dust of movies. I'm happy and proud to be standing here years after I first heard the score to celebrate the man who wrote it. You see, Star Wars was meant to be a simple hero's journey, a fantasy for young people. And then John wrote the music, and he raised it to a level of art, popular art that would stand the test of time. What I'm trying to say is, you made my life so easy. I had so many ideas for other movies, but I never got to them because you ensured that Star Wars would endure forever. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt. Here, in the Wampa's Lair. back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is episode number 384, Thematic Mayhem. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Lord Darth Vader to my Emperor Palpatine, because we both got themes. <laughs> uh, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, musical May is coming to an end. That's not a good thing, Jason. It's not a good thing Wait. at all. No. I'm I, very sad. I'm I, very, very disappointed because I've enjoyed this month so much. I, this has been one of the best podcasting consistent months in the many, many years of making this show. <laughs> Just talking music every week for the month has been awesome. And I could keep talking about it f- through the whole summer, but I don't want to bore people. <laughs> I, but... I hope that no one's beginning bored because I've been having so much fun, which means we're probably going to talk music more in the future because uh, I can't I can't afford not to, Carl. Nor can I. <laughs> I am. Uh, it, it, we're bring, we're bringing it home in a bang today too, right? We are yeah. just looking at our top theme songs from the Star Wars universe, uh, right? So we've done action cues, we've done source music, we've done non-movie music which have all been a blast but to bring it home we are just focusing on our favorite themes from star wars and they can be from anywhere in star wars um so uh yeah i'm excited 
to talk about all of them. Uh, I My list will be very predictable to you, I'm sure, Jason. I feel like I know some of the things that are going to be on yours, but I'm sure there'll be some curveballs, as always. <laughs> Most likely. Um, and I, I'll get into this in a second, but I did limit myself, and there's a few things that would probably be on my list on here normally that aren't because I've already used them during this musical May. And I only did that to myself so I could actually, like, pare it down enough to have, you know, a top five and a, and only one honorable mention because otherwise I would have just been adding everything. So um, <laughs> that was more for my own sanity than uh, <laughs> anything else. But I had to cut a few things that I'd already used this month um, off this list. So, yeah, well, there uh, yeah, there there are things that I, I left off previous lists so, so that I could bring them in for this final episode. Um, but, you know, before we hop into our favorite themes of Star Wars, just a couple of quick reminders. Um, obviously, the musical mayhem bracket, the Wampus Letter musical mayhem bracket we've been doing on Twitter will wrap up at the end of the week. Um, so, again, be sure to vote every day. We've, we're down to the Elite Eight as of today when we're recording. Um, and uh, that'll that'll wrap up by the end of the week. And we'll obviously announce the winner next week on the show. Um, also next week on next week's episode, we will be doing our musical may giveaway winner. Um, we've gotten some new reviews in the iTunes store. So thank you to those of you who've taken the time to do that. We're going to be reading those reviews on air in the coming weeks. Um, but just a quick reminder, if you'd like to participate in the musical may giveaway, all you have to do is rate and review the show in the iTunes store, email us with your username, and we will enter you, enter you to win a copy of the A New Hope Special Edition 2-CD soundtrack that came out in 1997 with the special editions. So um, thank you to those of you who've already done so, and we look forward to hopefully a couple more in, in the next week. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's uh, it. I, I suppose we should just, you know, maybe just jump into this because... I, like, I feel like there could be no better decision than that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So shall so, we? Shall who, we? Who goes first? You go first. I go first. It's just hard to understand you with that apparatus. I know. Search it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, sir. Uh, Put him on board. <laughs> oh man, damn it! Um, I don't uh, know. So we each have one honorable mention. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So I'm gonna say you go first. All right, I'll go first. Um. My first honorable mention, uh, we're going to go to the biggest theme to come out of my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time, uh, Attack of the Clones. And we're going to start this this party off right with Across the Stars, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a treat for our earballs. Earballs? Oh, man. 
Uh, this is such a wonderfully beautiful piece of music, and um, I will not be surprised if Carl has more to say on it later. I don't. Um, you don't? I don't. Don't? Oh, okay. Well, then I'll make sure I say everything I want to say about yeah, this now. Say uh, it all now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, it's such a it's such a lovely, a beautiful piece, which is, and it is really, um, in addition to just being a, a beautiful romantic theme for Anakin and Padme, it really is John Williams' love letter to the classic romantic themes of uh, classic cinema. So, uh, and, it, and it's got that old Hollywood feel and sound to it, especially when it, you know, the orchestra hits and everything just goes in and the strings are just gorgeous. Um, but that's not the only reason I love this piece of music. The, this piece of music goes on a journey, an up and down journey with these characters. Their their love uh, is not a smooth one. And it's not just full of roses and waterfalls um, <laughs> or sand. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it's got its ups and downs. And there's that portion in the middle that really kind of gets a little in, you know, I'm not sure if intense is the right word, but uh, uncertain, you like know, as, as it's tested and, uh, and things like that. And then it kind of goes back into it and then kind of fades out as sort of a memory, you know, uh, which is what kind of goes on past revenge of the Sith. So, it's such a, a, a beautiful, beautiful piece of music, and I love it very, very much. I kind of wish it was higher on my list, but it's not uh, because of other things that are there. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it because it really is one of my favorite pieces of music in all of Star Wars. So it's absolutely gorgeous. Well, let's get this final flourish then. What a song. I hope you are all air conducting with the with Carl and I. <laughs> yes. So. We should we should have instructed everyone at the beginning of the show to grab your air batons. <laughs> yes. Um, um Nope, you know Jason, this actually surprisingly is not on my list. Um there are a few a few of my normal ones. Again, obviously we have not looked specifically at these themes in a, in a while, but we have done something similar to this years ago on the show. So I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of visit some newer things. Um, if we were doing a top 10, no doubt this would be on there. There's a, uh, but there's just, there, there's just some new songs I really want to talk about. So those are what kind of make up half of my list today. Um, but I'm so glad you brought this up and I love the way you broke it down, right? The way that it does have this, these ups and downs and under all of it is just kind of this, this tragic, um, melody to it. Um, mm-hmm. which is just very indicative of the type of relationship of Anakin and Padme and, yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful and like you said it's the it's really the embodiment of those kind of classic uh you know movie scores of you know, like romance movie scores of the 1940s or something. So yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, George and John knew what they were doing when they when they told these stories together. <laughs> so they did. They really did. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad that you brought that on. 
Me too. Well, what is your honorable mention then, sir? My honorable mention comes from a movie with this this particular title as a track. So shockingly, I love Rogue One. Uh, this is a great, great, great piece of music. Um, yeah. I'm going to channel my inner, my inner Jim Erso right now um, and uh, <laughs> just, just love on some Rogue One for a moment here. So the first thing that always strikes me about this piece is that it's just a song of determination. Those strings are just so urgent, right? Um, and it is literally, and with the, the, the snare drum underneath everything, this is a march, right? Uh, it's a different kind of march. It's not March of the Resistance. It's different, but it is very much a military march song, right? And, and kind of something what, that you did uh, two weeks ago when we were doing our action pieces, Jason, right? Like you also talked about when we heard those songs, what, what were the visuals, right? That kind of accompanied them. And, mm-hmm. you know, for the majority of my list today, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. But for this particular track, it certainly does, right? It matches... They're they're literally walking out. They're marching out to this song. And while it's certainly not source music, you could almost imagine that it was right. Like, you know, right, they, right. they've got this bumping in the Misasi Temple right now. <laughs> you know, Cassian <laughs> turned it on as he left, you know, and and uh, and Jen approves and they're like, OK, we'll walk out to this. But right. It's just it just has that feeling of determination. Um, and, and it's very much, you know, like that, that militaristic beat to it. Um, and, and as it goes right here, we get the force theme, right? As Jin says, may the force be with us. And, you know, I love that, uh, Michael Giacchino puts that in there because this is the most climactic point of the movie in a lot of ways when they make this decision together as a team to go after this goal. And, you know, getting that quick militaristic almost sounding force theme, it's a nice reminder that the force goes with them, that they're making the right choice. Right. Um, and then we get this, you know, kind of this section right here where there's kind of this indecision as Bodhi's searching for what the heck we're going to call ourselves. Rogue. Rogue One. Rogue. There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Right. And we go back into the theme again and it becomes even more urgent. And we bring in more instruments to really pump this up. Right. Let's go. Man, that's just like, it gets me so pumped. I love it so much. And here it is again. We hear it even quieter now. They've left. They've gone off on their mission. But the echo of what they've done, right, is kind of being played out musically. And it's touched Bale and Mon Mothma. Here we get the force theme one more time. They're talking about going to get Ben Kenobi, um, right? It's, it's so perfect. But the undercurrent melody throughout this entire thing is that that kind of urgent string piece so right i love it that that urgent determination of this crew making this decision that is certainly in line with the will of the force has that ripple effect um i like the way you put it with across the stars right it kind of kind of fades out just like that love does well this Mm -hmm. particular track that that main melody even after they've left, continues to echo into the the halls of the Masasi Temple because what they've just chosen to do is going to affect everything that the Rebel Alliance does going forward. Um, so it's just right. it's the perfect. Granted, it's the only time we hear that that music in the entire movie, 
but it is the best two minutes of that movie in my book. So it's so good. Uh, it's really, really good. And I'm so glad you brought it up because it's not on my list. I love this piece of music. You know, I love this. We have, you know, geeked out about this piece of music many times on this podcast. Um, but it's not on my list because, um, I had some other things that took over. Um, Rogue One will still be featured though. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, this is such a good piece of music. And I, uh, it is, we have described it as one of the best pump up pieces in all of Star Wars many times. But it's, it is not only the, the excitement that you get from it, but the determination that propels that excitement forward. Um, you know, through this piece that really gives that pump up quality to this. And I love how you said it continues to echo because it does, it's quieter and it echoes and it keeps going. And then, um, it, it, you know, moves out as the, the movie transitions into other stuff. Um, but it's so, it's so good. And I love this music so much. So I'm so glad you had it on here, uh, because it makes me very, very happy, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Um, so what is your number five? Well, my number five um, is the only piece that I'm going to have from this sequel trilogy. And no, it's not the one everyone thinks because I've already used March of the Resistance in our top action pieces. Uh, this is Ray's theme, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. So. It is absolutely a gorgeous, beautiful piece of music. The and honestly, the the opening catches me, catches my attention in a way that I never expected something like that to. It is, it is. There's a a whimsical, almost melodic, magical quality to it all that really kind of captures my attention in a way that's not like, uh, you know overt but it it hooks me in very very quickly and it makes me want to take notice of what's going on without being demonstrative or in your face um and then it it goes the theme continues to go on this journey as we're starting to reveal who ray is and how ray is starting to realize who she is how that's being revealed to her as well because this theme not only is our experience with Ray and her journey and the, the, you know, everything that she goes on and becomes, it's also helping to reveal herself and her destiny and her story to her, to her. Um, and, and I love how it fits and works on that dual level, um, in so many ways. And John Williams did an absolute fantastic piece of work with this with this theme and and we all know that he loves it (laughs) because he 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 said that he would you know continue to write music for daisy as long as he was able to so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no that's that is an absolute 
amazing piece of music. Um, now, like I said, if if I hadn't already used March of the Resistance, that would have been on my list here somewhere. But since I used it, I put it aside for today because otherwise I would have had too full of a list for, for our episode. Um, but Ray's theme is one of the best musical themes to come out of Star Wars, period. And is definitely one of the best to come out of the sequel trilogy. So... It's a great piece of music, so I'm just going to hold my thoughts. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number five. My number five is a great piece of music that's new and different, and it comes from Ludwig Gordonson, and of course, it's The Mandalorian. Um, So, like I said, in our previous, one of our previous episodes, I've done a few individual track breakdowns from the Mandalorian score back in like October and November when the show, excuse me, first came out. So I did one on this specifically. So I want to go into all the same specifics, but I love the way this begins, right? Like this kind of tribal sound, um, which I think is great because the origin of this character is he's a tribal character, right? He comes from this, comes from this tribal clan of Mandalorians. Uh, that's, it's, it's kind of the undergirding part of his identity. Um, but then we kind of come in with our, our main melody. Right? And that, like, that western feel just comes right in. This heavy percussion, plus these bells. It's, it's so different, but it's so western. And then we get this main melody riff with a guitar, right? Like, this is straight out of, like, Rio Bravo or something. Like, one of the old John Wayne flicks. Um... But the thing that I also really appreciate about what Ludwig does here is he gives us a beat. Um, and I mean that in like a very literal way. Like I'm often like bouncing my head to this song. Like it's, there's almost like a hip hop beat to it, um, which is really different for star Wars, but it's so perfect. Um, and the way he uses the horns in this song too, it's, uh, it, it always makes me think of the Rocky theme. Um, and I think that's so perfect because I've, I've seen a lot of comparisons in a lot of ways to those two characters. Mando is a hero of the people, right? I think that's why everyone who watches this show, even if you're drawn to it because of the child, you love the character of the Mandalorian because he is the every person, right? Like anyone can identify with him. And, and, and like we get that sound, right? And, and I think, um, we really get hints of the fact that Ludwig Göransson is also the, the, person responsible for scoring the two Creed movies, right? Which are sequels to the Rocky series. Um, You, you really get that sound there. Um, You get this horn section that really gives you a sense that this is our hero, right? Like kind of just that classic hero theme right here. Like this is so Rocky. Um, Now we get this, this horn section, which again, it's like, it's very, make it very clear to us. Hey, this is our hero, everyone. Let's, uh, let's, you know, those, those kind of like those trumpets really elicit, you know, uh, here comes the king, here comes the prince, right? Like this is again, very typical of Western culture. We use trumpets to announce the coming of someone important. So there is something very special and important about this character. Um, he's going to transcend that humble beginning in a lot of ways by becoming the hero. Um, but I love how it settles right back 
right here, right? It settles back into his kind of main riff here. But now we have like this tribal flute in the background. We have the guitar riff now on an electric guitar just being played as chords. The beat comes back in, right? It's just like rock with this guy. He's the man. He's great. <laughs> um, and then the way this piece ends here, we go into this these kind of chimes. Um, and to me, it, it tells the story of the Mandalorian. The chimes are the child, right? Uh, yep. he, he takes on this kind of angelic divine task of being the protector of this child. So kind of the, some of the points you were making with Ray's theme, this one track, it's a journey in and of itself. It kind of begins in that humble tribal beginning. Um, it's going to reach these incredible heights with this horn section. He's going to be our hero. He's the hero who gets knocked down, but keeps getting back up again. That's why I think there's such a strong illicit feel for Rocky there is because that's, that's the main theme of Rocky. It's not about how hard you hit, but how hard you can get hit and get back up. Right. right. That's the Mandalorian, right? That, that is right. made abundantly clear in chapter two. Um, so I love that. But even after that horn section, that kind of points to the hero he he's going to become, it settles back down into the fact that what makes him so great though, is where he comes from. He comes from obscurity, right? He can be any of us. Um, literally the fact that he's wearing a mask, I think elicits that too, right? Any one of us could be behind that mask. So I think that's, that's to me, the, the profound draw of the character of Mandalorian. And this is what Ludwig Gorenson gives us in this one piece of music. Cause he gives us all of that in the music. Um, so that is my number five and I love it so friggin' much. Uh, this is the other one I struck from my initial list because I'd already used it. Uh, it's my, I'm pretty sure it was my favorite um, non-film non yep. piece. So uh, from our first uh, May uh, musical mayhem episode this month. So I absolutely love this piece of music and, you know, just to, to hit on some things uh, that you talked about there, the, the sort of, you know, whistle scream thing is is directly uh you know almost a direct <laughs> rip off in the you know in the nicest sense of the good the bad and the ugly you know mm -hmm. the soundtrack from that and ennio morricone really kind of redefined western sound um in the 60s with the music and and that plays a huge influence in the Mandalorian um, Ennio Morricone uh, as a, as a composer does. Um, so John Williams, Ennio Morricone, and um, of course uh, I think Bill Conti is the one who did Rocky, the original Rocky movie. Yep. Um, so Ludwig Gorenson is, you know, <laughs> pulling from some really great sources for this and it's absolutely amazing and it's mashed together and put together and, very intricately woven together in a way that creates something new, unique, and different, while at the same time feeling very familiar, too, um, which is what we love about Star Wars in general. You know, is Star Wars is new, it's different, it's, it's unusual, but it feels very familiar all the same. Um, and and getting that feel not only with the show itself but with the music is is absolutely fantastic. This is a terrific terrific theme, and I'm so excited for Mandalorian season two to come back 
this October. Um, so, uh, yes, I'm very excited and I'm thoroughly enjoying the, uh, uh, the, was it Disney gallery? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Mandalorian series that they've got going on right now. Yeah. That's that's some quality quality stuff. I love all that stuff. I can't wait till they do an episode on the music. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get one, so Oh gosh, I hope so. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Um the last one they did was the special effects one, right? Correct. Yep. Yes. But with the volume stage, that's cool stuff. That's very cool stuff. Um all right, anyway, enough about geeking out about <laughs> Mandalorian. Um that's awesome. I, I'm so glad it's on here because, and I figured it would be, uh, but it's not on my list because I already used it and I'm just trying to restrain myself. Um, <laughs> so I think it's my number four. Yes, it is indeed. All right. Well, we're going to head to uh, my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, that being Return of the Jedi, but we're not going to the piece of music that everyone thinks we're going to or would think that I might be picking. We are... <laughs> we are going on a parade. Oh, that's what that's what I figured you would pick. Well, <laughs> I love that you did too. I love Parade of the Ewoks. And the reason I said, you know, when most people think of a new Star Wars theme from Return of the Jedi, they go to Luke and Leia. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you and I, having traversed the redwoods of California together with this piece of music on repeat, I'm so glad (laughs) you thought that. You you immediately went to that for me. Uh, So, uh, yes, folks, we, on our hike, we had this on repeat. We're not kidding. Um, But yeah, I absolutely love Parade of the Ewoks. It's such a fun piece of music. It's got, you know, and I have for years had this as like a piece of music that I would listen to if I'm hiking, like not even just in the Redwoods, but anywhere like this is this is a going on a journey, you know, kind of piece of music with a fun little quirky flair to it. Um, It's sort of a pseudo mark. Um, that John Williams puts in there, you know, it's it's not quite a full march because he does a lot of those, but it's it's sort of like a it's a it's one step away from being a march, especially when you get into, uh, you know, past the the first opening section. Um, but I don't know. There's there's not a lot to why I love this piece of music other than the fact that I just absolutely love it. Um, but it does have a great sound and feel for nature. You know, it it really feels like it it gives a nice description of nature, you know, no matter where you're at. Um, You know, like like I said, I've I've listened to this like hiking in the desert, you know, in in Arizona. So but it really kind of enhances all of that uh, for me when I'm out outside. Um, So if you're ever out hiking and you haven't listened to this, you know, while you're hiking, you should do yourself a favor and do so, because 
it makes it better. Uh, even if you're having a good time, it makes it better. So, but yeah, I, I don't have other than that. I don't really have much else to say and uh, as to why I like this one so much. I just, I just do. Uh, What a great piece of music. Um, I, actually, I actually grabbed the the little a booklet from my old Star Wars trilogy CD anthology. Um, I think this came out in 95. Um, let's see if there's a date on it. Um, 93, excuse me. But these notes were compiled by Lucas Kendall. And one of the things he says about the Parade of the Ewoks is that it is uh, a sprightly and energetic piece which makes use of various woodsy percussion and woodwind instruments. Um, so right, like it definitely captures what you were talking about, Jason, which is kind of just that nature feel, <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed this piece. Um, it's not on my list. Uh, it would, it, it would be toward that's the top of a, of a longer list. Um, but yeah, in, I've always enjoyed it. But like you said, I mean, just trampsing around the redwoods last summer, bl- pretty much listening to this the whole time. I didn't get sick of it once. We had it on repeat for hours. <laughs> like I didn't. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's like four minutes. Yeah, and we yeah repeat for hours, and we we never got sick of it. It was like we we it start to go on to the next piece, and we just sort of look at each other and be like, All right, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just such a great piece of music, like you said, you know, and it does have a lot of those because of the instrument choices that John Williams makes, right? Those kind of woodsy woodwinds and percussion instruments, it really does give it kind of like that, that indigenous feel. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's, it's got something that's now to be fair, uh, David W. Collins does a great breakdown of this track on his return of the Jedi episode from the soundtrack show from just a couple of months ago. And he, he broke it down in such a beautiful way. Like he always does. Um, but you know, the thing that I always think of with this song, too, though, is and like you said, it's it's just very playful. Um, you know, it matches the spirit of the Ewoks so well. They're 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 a people of the forest and they're very playful people, <laughs> you know, um, and I love that. It's it's full of whimsy and laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's that's so perfect that you put that there because I'm going to keep us in Return of the Jedi and go for the other theme that is popular, Luke and Leia. Um, you know me, I love these kind of slower pieces. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, what a, what a, what a jam. Uh, I will say one of my favorite statements of this theme is in last Jedi. Um, so, so good when Luke returns. Um, but the thing I really have always loved about this song is that it's a love theme about, a family relationship, right? It's not a romantic love theme at all. Um, it's something new and different. Um, actually, so I was looking through those liner notes specifically for a couple of the tracks that are on my list tonight. And um, according to Lucas Kendall, he says that uh, uh, this is not a passionate love theme like the one for Han and Leia, but a more reflective and mature one 
representing the loving bond between these siblings. Um, I think that's that captures it so beautifully. Uh, right, we we have. I'm assuming again. I don't know my instrumentation, and luckily there are several folks listening who will be able to correct me. But this sounds like that main melody is on a French horn. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what John Williams tends to favor for kind of the romantic themes in Star Wars. Um, so you know they're just they're so sweet, and they bring together um, again, like they bring together the th- the theme of Luke and Leia in this really beautiful way. Um, and I remember from that concert I went to a couple years ago that John Williams conducted and he talked about how when he wrote Leia's theme for A New Hope, he always saw himself eventually writing a love theme for her and Luke because he figured they'd get together. <laughs> he didn't think it'd end up with Han. Um, so this is, uh, his, this is his love theme, though, for them. It just it's something different. Um, and the thing I like about it is there's there's this sense of feeling settled in it. It's it's which reflects those characters. They've really come to understand themselves and it reflects that growth and self-acceptance of both Luke and Leia and self-acceptance of what their relationship is together. And I even like this part right here. That's almost like strained and confusing because it means they have to accept who their father is. Right. Um, and that's especially hard. I would imagine for Leia. Um, so right. And then boom, we come out of like kind of that chaotic reality and settle back into this. Um, you know, th- th- this is a very string heavy piece. So it evokes a lot of emotion. Um, and it, it evokes the emotion of two very mature characters who be- because of their journeys and because of how they've come to accept fully the responsibility of who they are. Um, this theme holds them together. Right. And I think that's, what we get when Luke returns at the end of Last Jedi. You know, he comes there to kind of to say sorry, to accept the things that have happened in his life and how they draw him to Leia. And she, of course, offers that forgiveness immediately because together they they share a bond together that is very unique in the Star Wars story. Um, so, yeah. And at the end of the day, Jason, I've just always loved this song because it makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, um, every one of the songs on this list today makes me feel something, um, you know, as, as, as much as I struggle to find words to explain the song or why this is again, just one of, this is especially one though, that when it comes on, I just, I feel like I can just settle down. Um, and that's why I love this song. It is, it is definitely something that is an absolute um it, it, what's the word i'm looking for it's a stabilizer musically like it 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 kind of really knocks the rough edges down and puts you on some firm ground and it really lets you just rest yeah. in in, in an embrace you know not not a romantic embrace just an embrace like all right we're 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 here just just be it, la- it allows you to just be and just sit there in a in a nice hug you know musical hug which is what siblings do you know if someone's having a bad day or you know goes through a rough situation you know, after the other sibling is, you know, done threatening to beat up the other person, uh, <laughs> down and you just, you know, you hug them 
and you don't expect anything. You don't say anything half the time. You just sit there in the hug. And that's what this feels like, you know. Uh, and it's such a, a wonderfully beautiful piece to really uh, highlight that kind of, of a relationship. And I, and I love what you, you know, that you, you already said it. This is a, a love theme for family, for siblings. This is not romantic. This is not, uh, you know, flirty. This is, this is lifelong siblings. This is, this is family. And, and there is that, that sort of stability in that, um, even if you have your issues, but it's so, so good. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, what is your number three? Oh, my number three, we're going to skip on over to, uh, rogue one and, uh, visit my, my favorite people in that movie with guardians of the wills. This music, I get goosebumps almost every time I listen to it. Uh, it it has this, you know, almost angelic quality while at the same time having this ancient quality, and it it it, it tells a story of devotion and loss and determination in spite of it all, and it really just captures the essence of what Chirrut is trying to do and trying to really uh, bring back to Bayes, you know, through the movie. And we don't see a lot of that, you know, in this movie because it, it's, it's a relationship that's been, you know, kind of this kind of thing's been going on with the two of them for a while. I, one would assume, um, but we do get to see the culmination of that during the, the battle of Scarif. But this piece of music just really captures me. And it's really been rising on my list of favorite pieces uh, within the last few months, I've I've listened to this quite a bit in the last few months, and it just it catches me every time. And like I said, it's very rare at this point for me to not get goosebumps listening to this piece of music, especially as it you know swells and the whole orchestra and choir get into it later on in the piece. Uh, There's the goosebumps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) God, it is is so, so good. It's so beautiful and haunting and melodic. And I just, I struggle to find the words to describe it. Uh, And 
and it it just it captures me uh, in a way that I can't explain very well. So, um, yeah, I I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm now completely blanking on the composer's name. Why is that not coming to my brain? Michael right Giacchino. Now? Thank you. I was like, I don't know why that was not coming. Yeah, Michael Giacchino uh, really introduced some fantastic stuff, as we've talked about many times, uh, to the Star Wars universe. And this piece of music uh, is no exception. This is definitely Star Wars. Um, but it's it's so it's done in such a way that um, I, 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 I can't put into words really half the time how I feel about this and I'm struggling to now. So I'll, I'll stop rambling. I think that's the, the sign of a great piece, right? Uh, again, it just makes you feel something. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's just so true of probably all of the pieces on our list tonight. You know, they make us feel something <laughs> and that's kind of the whole point. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's not on my list. It is a, 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 certainly a theme I really, really enjoy. Um, it's not one we get a lot of, though, in that movie. Um, I guess it makes sense. I mean, Luke and Leia's theme, also, to be fair, we don't get it till uh, you know, two-thirds of the way into Return of the Jedi. And then we really only get, like, two more statements of it in the whole movie. Um, right. So, in, in, you know, it... But in a lot of ways, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know, because it's, when, it's, when it's there, it's perfect. Um, exactly. Right. And, and it's from the sounds of a lot of things that, you know, both of us are picking songs tonight that are also concert arrangements, right? Um, you know, all of these songs are things on the albums that are put together as a concert arrangement, but yeah, the, the guardian, of the will song, like you said, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect song for cheer it and bays. Um, more so cheer it, to be honest, like, and I, in, in, it's funny because it's called the Guardian of the Wills Suite, right? It's not Chirrut's theme. It's not Chirrut and Baze's theme. I think in a way in the movie, it's more Chirrut's theme because he still embodies the Guardian of the Wills. Baze comes back to it, right? He's, but at, at the start of the movie, he is in, in a lot of ways only a Guardian of the Will by name, but not by deed, right? right. Um, that doesn't happen until the end of the movie. Um, but what were the guardians of the wills? Well, this song kind of tells us, you know, I still would love some stories about them rather than, you know, another stinking military story. I'm so sick of those. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, but I would love a story like an actual story, not a, you know, children's story. Like we've got with that guardian of the wills book, which was very just okay. Um, you know, I want a good chunk of a story about these guardians of the wills because this piece of music tells us what they are They're It's a noble group that has a spiritual obligation. Um, they're the protectors of something sacred. And that's a great story. I want to see that story. I, I heard the story and I love, I love what I hear. Now let me see it. Right. <laughs> you know, and we get a glimpse of it with Chirrut and Bays, but it's only a glimpse. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because this, this piece of music is, is more than just Chirrut and Bays. This is representative of an entire philosophy or way of life uh, you know, it, an entire order, you know, and it's, it's an order that for all we know is coming to an end with Chirrut and Bays, yeah. you know, cause we, we don't know. We, we just don't know if, if there's other groups of guardians of the wills out there or if they were the last, you know, they were at least the last on Jeddah. 
We know that for sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially now since Jeddah's pretty much just a, a hunk in, of rock in the sky now. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's it speaks to something bigger and grander than just the two of them. Uh, and I think that's one reason why it really catches my attention, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I think even what I would say the most influential piece of Star Wars music to it is Yoda's theme. Um, right. Another very spiritual piece of music um, in Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you put it on the list because it's a great song and I love talking about it. I just think I noticed the top of your shirt, Carl. Is that from the yes. uh, Star Wars in concert? Darn right it is. <laughs> yeah, I figured I had to wear it for the last episode tonight um, for all the people that can see me, <laughs> a.k.a. you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, that oh, Star Wars in concert was such a such a blast. I love this shirt. Star Wars, a musical journey, just with Yoda and a ton of string instruments all around him. <laughs> it's great. It needs to come back. I know it, it really does. And now with all all of the music from all of the I, pieces, exactly. Um, so my number three uh, also comes from a Star Wars story movie, and mine comes from Solo, and it is the the track "Flying with Chewie." So I know that that's not specifically a theme, but I'm cheating because I get to use two themes here. It's got a little bit of Hans theme. But I mostly want to focus on Chewie's theme. But right, we get this this heroic statement of Han. And the thing I want to say about Han's. You know, weirdly enough, Han's theme is not on my list. I, I, I almost feel like I'm sinning right now. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, but I, I put I, I love this song, Flying With Chewie, so much. Um, and I love that statement of Han's theme there because it's, it's something very excited, right? It matches. We talked about this, I think, either last week or the week before, but about how incredibly gifted all of these composers are that have ever touched Star Wars music in their ability to create a theme and play a theme with the same notes, but make it feel so different. Right. Yes. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, the way that even though, yes, John Williams wrote the Han Solo theme, John Powell is the one who executes it throughout the film. And mm-hmm. the way he does it here is just, it's just very excited and, and liberating, right? Cause they're literally being freed completely from the empire at this point. And the thing I like about it is it's, it's a very victorious statement of Hans theme, but I think the victory in this moment um, beyond just the surface of yes, they're going to get out of there. But the real victory here is that he has given reason for Chewie to trust him. Right. What did he just say to Chewie right before that? We go this way. Trust me. Right. Um, and now he's right. You know, <laughs> so um, I feel like that's why it's a nice way to to play the victory of Han Solo in that moment. His real victory is is gaining the trust of Chewbacca. But that's the main piece, right? That I really want to focus on here is I I love Chewie's theme.
this is a very different piece for Star Wars music in a lot of ways. Um, and I remember the first when I saw it, when I heard it in the movie that first time, I was like, this is very different for Star Wars. Um, and I remember my buddy Greg saying to me, he's like, I feel like this is a this is a really great piece of music, if, but it feels like it belongs in like a National Geographic show. He goes, I, any minute now, I'm waiting for Morgan Freeman to start telling me something about the treetops, <laughs> you know, um, which I always got a kick <laughs> out of. Um, but but in the same way, like I love that point that Greg made because it does have like kind of that naturey feel, similar in, in some ways to Pray to the Ewoks, right? Like you were talking about, Jason. Um, and, and again, I think it, it, it links into the fact that there's that, that tribal sound. There's something very noble about Chewbacca's Wookiee heritage, right? It's something that he takes tremendous pride in. Um, and what's so neat is you have these really high flutes that kind of carry the notes over the melody. Um, and it's an interesting instrument to use for Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a big, mighty Wookiee. But at the same time, he is like this sweet, lovable character, right? So, of mm-hmm. course, a, a flute is perfect because, again, it's a woodwood instrument that kind of indicates his his tribal sense of belonging. Um, but it's also something innocent and pure because I think that's something that really captures um, the feel of Chewbacca. But I think specifically this moment of the film, which is um, – debatably my favorite balcony scene. It's, it's a toss up between that and the one in revenge of the Sith. But um, <laughs> in a lot of ways though, too, this is a beautiful statement of his theme because it's the coming together of these two best friends um, in Han and Chewie. Um, and it's in this moment where they exchange names, right? Well, he gets Chewie's name specifically, right? Um, and, and there's Chewie, the way even Chewie says his name, even though we don't understand Shrewook except for through Han, the way he kind of like lifts himself up as he he says his name and and if you read the actual line in the book like he calls himself you know Chewbacca son of whatever I can't remember the father's name but right it's yeah good call Jason um, well, been his dad in like legends and everything else for like years so I just I I had a I had a game that I played uh, Star Wars oh god what's it called uh, Galaxy of Heroes maybe not no not Galaxy of Heroes that's the mobile game um, but. Yeah, you had a mission where Atachitic was the Wookiee you were helping. And I was like, that's that's why I know. But okay. Yeah, that's Chewie's dad. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Anyway, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, so this this particular piece of music just really indicates kind of that, that good-natured nobility of Chewbacca. And the interesting thing is, is that that goodness, that nobility that is in Chewie is also what draws out that noble nature and that good nature of Han too, right? Um, Han is a very uh, conflicted character, you know, understandably. Chewie also was understandably a conflicted character, but there's there's just the simplicity to him that doesn't fully exist within Han, but Chewie really brings that out of him, right? The nobility and the goodness of Chewie is going to raise Han to a level of goodness that he couldn't have been without Chewie. Um, so that's what this piece of music really means to me too, is, is it, it to me it represents... Um, you know, any, anyone or anything in your life that kind of elevates you, um, with it's just its own simply simple, good nature, it elevates your nature. Um, so that's why I love Chewie's theme so much. It's a good theme. The game was galactic battlegrounds for anybody screaming at the podcast. So, um, but, uh, 
Yeah, no, it's such a beautiful, beautiful theme. I'm, I'm glad you used the word noble because that's the word that always comes to mind when I think of this. Um, Chewie is a noble character. We've known this. He's also friendly and lovable, uh, but the Wookiee culture is a very noble uh, culture built on uh, you know mutual respect and things like that that they they have for each other and you know respect for their elders and things like that as obviously you were saying from the the quote from the book uh, Chewbacca son of Atachitic uh, and the the nobility of the culture comes through even when Chewie's being a an adorable puppy dog um, so having this theme for him and really leaning into that aspect of Chewbacca, the noble quality raises him up and raises, you know, everything else up as well. So it's such a beautiful piece of music. Um, and, and I'm glad we, we got it in here. I'm surprised you didn't have the, the other, uh, statement of it that you love so much from the, the minds, um, in I, here. Yeah. I didn't even think to pull it up. But I do, love <laughs> I, I do love that statement of that's, yeah. I mean, that's definitely my my favorite statement of it. So since you brought it up, I might as well grab it real quick. As well, um, you know, if I can find a little it more quick. Solo. Come on, why won't you let me fast forward? Okay, Spotify's going nuts right now, huh? <laughs> it's literally going all over the place. Okay, here we go. Here it is. Yeah, thanks for making me play that. That's so good. I You're love that welcome. statement. It, it is because that's Chewie's most noble act, really, in a lot of ways in the movie. You know, choosing to go rescue his his tribal brethren. You know, mm-hmm. it's great. So it's very, very good. Uh, well, for my number two, we're gonna stick in solo for just a little bit longer. Nice. Uh, I've got the Adventures of Han at number two, ladies wow. and gentlemen. I love it. It's just so good. Uh, this piece really fits Han at this stage in his life perfectly. I'm not sure it would work so well if we tried putting it with Han when we see him in you know, the original trilogy. And definitely not in the sequel trilogy. It doesn't fit him anymore for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Because this Han uh, is, is out for adventure. He's looking to get out have some uh, adventures, just be out on his own, be his own person and, and see what kind of things he can get into. Uh, but it is, it is a pure 
adventure driven theme uh, in that's excited and driven and just so much fun. Um, and I, I'm not sure where that that transition happens where this is no longer really working as his theme anymore because obviously we have had the stories between here and, and A New Hope but this is one of my favorite pieces of music in Star Wars period um, it is so exciting and fun and energetic and just I, I cannot help but grin from ear to ear every time <laughs> I hear it uh, so I, I love a good adventure adventure as much as Yoda scoffs at it, adventure, hey, excitement, hey, a Jedi craves not these things. Well, Jason does when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and this piece of music really epitomizes all of that. Uh, the adventure and the excitement of that is a ride through Star Wars. Um, and, and I absolutely just love this piece of music. And, uh, you know, and it's really funny that this theme is for a character that was never like really my favorite. Um, but this theme and the movie that it goes with is part of why Young Han <laughs> is my Han. So um, <laughs> I, I make Solo Two happen so we can hear this again. <laughs> What a great piece of music. It is terrific. Oh, I love it so much. It is so exciting. Yeah. Um, again, I feel like the worst Han Solo fan having not put this on my list. Um, I mean, again, I kind of cheated with Flying with Chewie, but um, yes. yeah, I love this theme as well. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I, so I'll talk about it now since it's not on my list because I suck um, <laughs> making my own list. Uh, I Yeah, but so many of the things you said and, it, it, you know, it's so funny. The Adventures of Han, um, which is that, you know, concert suite arrangement of what John Williams wrote, um, mm-hmm. is actually my least favorite rendition of his theme from the score. Um, it's and I don't mean that in like a bad way. Um, it really highlights that, that triumphant side of the theme. I like the darker part of the theme, right? The more searching part, right? Not the heroic part. Um, cause I think that's more indicative of Han's character. Um, you know, in a very interesting way, Jason, I love that question you raised of, you know, when, when, when does this piece no longer become appropriate for him? Right. Cause it, it wouldn't really fit him in a new hope. Although I push back and say the time when it, I think it'd be really cool to get that heroic statement of it as he comes flying back to rescue Luke. It worked there. That's him Ooh. being the hero. Um, You're right. You know, and we could get statements of the B section, kind of that more searching theme, I think could apply to him at the beginning of Force Awakens because he is kind of lost his way again. And he's he's kind of figuring out who he is now in light of That's- losing his son and losing Leia in a way. Right. So I think that they could come back up later. Um, and I could I could hear the heroic part of his theme again, like in the Battle of Endor, right, when he's doing all his heroics there. So I, I feel like that could fit in later. The searching part, though, um, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, even even that searching part of the theme, there is a there's a heroism in it, right? And I think I prefer that part of his song, uh, that part of his theme, because to me, what makes Han specifically in the movie Solo a hero is because he's trying to work all his stuff out. Um, you know, the the high adventure that he goes on and the heroic things he does there, those are great and all. But the part that I really like love, it's because I identify is that searching part. Um, but you know, as we were just kind of playing through it and listening to it, it, it makes me think of almost like Indiana Jones. Again, it, I I don't know if, if there's any musical similarities. Um, and I've always felt the same about like the, the Han and Kira love theme. It, it's, it reminds me a lot of the Marion love theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, there is, and, and I love the way you, you know, young Han is my Han. It makes me, my, my mind immediately went to, you know, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which is where George met Rick McCallum. Yay. Um, and, uh, but right, like yeah, there is just kind of this high adventure to it, which is definitely very Jason. Um, and I and, and I love that it's on your list, and I'm I'm honestly really surprised it's so darn high. Um, but I love that it is. I mean, it, it's you know, the music is by far my favorite part of Solo. I, mm-hmm. I've not made any bones about that. Um, I love the movie in general. I love the characters and everything like that. Uh, but the, the, the music in solo is by far my favorite part of that movie. Um, and it's just so good all across the board. Um, and so whereas scenes from this movie or characters from this movie may not have made it as high on my list, uh, on other kinds of lists or things like that. Um, the music kind of leapfrogs a lot of that into you know into the spot so i honestly was a little surprised it was as high as it was too but uh there was no way it was going any lower so (laughs) as i was making the list so (laughs) that's a great yeah that's a great piece yeah what is your number two then sir well my number two is i'm gonna i'm gonna take us back to the sequel trilogy and uh mine is race theme um just love this piece of music it's beautiful um Right, I like the way it begins here with the the call, you know, kind of the back and forth there. Uh, it, very indicative of who Ray's going to be, right? She's someone who hears a call and just keeps hearing it, has to keep going forward. Those chimes and those bells, right? Very indicative of kind of her scavenger upbringing, living in this metal jungle. But here we go. The adventure begins, right? Uh, kind of like you were talking about, right? Going on a journey here. thing i love about this journey is 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 so much of that that melody is being played on horns horns are what are used for the hero right she is our new hero um and but you also have on the melody of the strings it's it's going to be a very emotional journey um and uh it it reminds me i i finally bought a t-shirt for to support the uh the soundtrack show and it, i bought the one that says the melody itself is the hero's journey and i love that i love that piece of um i love that little clip um but yeah you know i think with ray's theme it's the entire piece of music is a journey and it's a it very um emotional journey and it's really quite beautiful um and you know i'm gonna cheat here for a second and just say like it it does remind me of like the Meat Han track. 
in the right? Here's how the adventure begins. Very percussive, indicating the tough life he's coming from. When you control the mixer, you control everything. <laughs> I mean, Ryan must have heard Ray's theme at some point because that's why he took such an interest in her because it sounded familiar. Right, um, yeah. yeah. Well, their <laughs> stories are so similar, right? I mean, they're both characters without a sense of family who um, are seeking some sense of belonging. They want to belong to something. Um, but anyway, back to you know Ray's theme. So much of the, the instrumentation is French horns and flutes as well as strings like the again it, it's all very evocative of how emotional her journey is going to be but i also feel like the the amount of flute that's used in it also gives it this very feminine quality um you know that she is she is a new type of hero character um right she i mean she's literally a heroine she's not the hero in a way she's the heroine of this story um so i like that the music's a little bit different for her um yeah, it's all that flute work right there. It's all flutes. Um, uh, the way it kind of pauses there for a second, like it's it's reaching towards something, right? Um, but it's going to get knocked down a bit. It's, it's, it's got to keep struggling forward. Um, and those strings become a bit more urgent there as the struggle continues. And we come into this climactic statement of it, which I love. Oh, good. And I love how that emotional climactic moment in her in her theme is all on strings, because, again, string instruments just there's something so emotional about them. They really pull on my heartstrings. And to me, you know, her journey is going to reach this climactic point because of the emotion connected to it. It's going to be an incredibly emotional journey for this character. And then interestingly enough, we get that, like, as the strings just stop, we get that echo of her theme on the horns. And um, I always remember back to the Star Wars Oxygen episode when David W. Collins first talked about this piece of music. And he said, you know, right there at the end, there's something regal, right? The last statement of that theme is on horns. There's something regal about her, which interestingly enough, we come to learn that she's related to the emperor, right? Um Obviously, I don't think that that was their plan when they wrote episode seven. I don't think that's necessarily what John Williams was specifically thinking. But in his own mind, and like you mentioned when you were talking about this piece, he loves Daisy Ridley. He wanted to write something pretty darn good for her. And he did. There is something very royal about her as a character. And I think that it does work so brilliantly 
with the fact that she is a Palpatine by blood, right? But she's going to redefine what it means to be our, a, a hero in Star Wars. Um, and that's what I love about this character. And that's what I love about this piece because it captures that emotion of her journey so well. Um, and I will say that, you know, growing up with Star Wars, I always liked so many of the characters, but I didn't necessarily identify with them. I was also a child. It's, it's hard to identify with something when your, your own story is quite limited. Um, <laughs> Ray is probably the first character that I have profoundly connected with her whole journey until maybe like, except for Han's journey as solo, um, you know, and I think this piece of music for her. I feel like could be mine. It's just very emotional. Um, it's very <laughs> epic. Um, it desires to be something so good. Um, and, and that's what I love about Ray's theme. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have much more to add. I said, I said a bunch of stuff earlier and, and I don't have much more to add to what you've said. So I'm good to move on. Yeah. Let's get your number one. I have a thought of what it might be, but I, I don't actually know. Okay. Um, well, we're heading to the Phantom Menace. Okay, I'm close. I knew it was, I, I was guessing that movie. Yeah, it's it's a, a duel of the fates, ladies and gentlemen. Real? I did not expect that. It gets quiet, so you should probably talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Oh, man. This is such a, a fantastic piece of music. This piece of music transformed what Star Wars music could be in the mind of young Jason. Um, and this piece of music has always captured me and really is the driving force between behind why my type of music is classical and film score. So... This piece of music, not not even necessarily from the film itself and what it means to the film itself, which I'll get to in a minute after we you know hear another refrain, um, but it also really kind of defines my own personal taste in music outside of Star Wars. This, this piece of music has a story. Just the, the concert suite in of itself has a story to it. It's a struggle between good and evil, light and dark. Uh, the, the fates. It is the duel of the fates. And it, it has such a broad, uh, you know, all-encompassing kind of a, a, a feel to it. It is epic and uh, adventurous. But also can be very specific at times when it needs to be. And it it plays, you know, it, it's... Of course, Phantom Menace is the, the place where it's normally played. 
uh, more often than not. But throughout the rest of prequels, we get bits of it, you know, that are really kind of at key moments. You know, Anakin's going out to, you know, kill the Tusken Raiders. And then between Yoda and Palpatine in the Senate during their duel. So um, it really is the defining kind of piece for the prequel trilogy as a whole. Uh, But it really, well, here, go ahead and bring it back up. plays on the fact that this is a this is not you know a one-sided battle this is a struggle and it goes back and forth up and down and the the light and the dark are struggling not only for the whole of the galaxy but for people the people in it the individuals in it and this really kind of encompasses you could put this piece of music in a tribute video for almost anybody in star wars you know because it pulls back and forth, you know, on each character's struggles and things like that. So it really, in a way, kind of gives a macro defining view of the saga as a whole. And for me, is kind of one of the the hallmark or identifying pieces of music for the entire saga. Mm. Um as far as the the overall story from start to finish um, and beyond, because this journey, this struggle isn't done just because of the saga is. This is an eternal struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that kind of world building is one of the things that really gets me into Star Wars. But outside of Star Wars, this really is what sparked my interest in classical music and orchestral pieces and things like that. And so when you get good string work, horn work, or you know choral work mixed all together, I really love it. Um, so yeah, there, there's this was an inspirational jumping off point for my own musical journey outside of the world of Star Wars. But it really defines for me the eternal struggle that we get to peek in on this, in the saga that we've got that is going on in this galaxy far, far away. What a jam. <laughs> God, so good. Yeah. Um, I've, I have not given this piece of music enough love recently. Uh, so <laughs> that's – I feel a little ashamed, which is why you know I, I have to give it all the love here. I'm glad you did. Um, this would honestly not really be on a list of mine in any capacity. I, I really like the song. Don't get me wrong. It's just not one of my favorites. Um, but – I love how you said, right, like that it does pop up, you know, in the rest of the prequel trilogy with, you know, the the scene with Anakin going to look for his mother and then again with the the Palpatine and Sidious duel. And it's kind of going – did you see the episode of Gallery where Dave Filoni, right, gave his um, 
his little like sermon on this particular duel of the fates. Have you watched that uh, yet? Yes. That was like one or two episodes ago, right? Yeah. It was only the second episode. Um, yeah, yeah. but he yeah. talks about right. How the duel of the fates here, right. Kind of, you know, I've always thought of it kind of like you did like the macro way, which is, mm-hmm. this is the good versus evil battle, which is true. Um, you know, that's yes. how George and John understood it. Um, but it's really cool getting that perspective from Filoni, which within that particular story, though, right, it can have both. It can have a macro and a micro uh, exactly. application. And I think, right, it's so cool to get what Filoni said, which I never even thought of, which, right, was that the duel of the fates here is the fate of this child, right? If Qui-Gon survives, the fate of Anakin is going to be very different. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And think about exactly. how, again, it, it like if, if you kind of go with that mentality on a micro way, of okay, well, why is, why are we getting it again when Anakin's going to look for his mother? Well, this is going to be a duel of the fate, right? Like it, this is going to really, the fate of the galaxy will rest on the decision Anakin makes when he gets there, right? How will he react right. to this? And then, of course, in a very big way, Yoda versus the Emperor is the supreme good versus evil battle, um, right? I still, and it is the battle for democracy versus tyranny, right? At that, yeah. So. It would have been cool to get a statement of it somewhere in episode nine. I don't think it would have fit between Kylo and Ray um, no. because their their story is too interconnected to make that work there. But it would have been cool to get it towards the end, like something against the emperor. Right. I I agree. You know, just just a brief statement of it, you yeah. know, part of it, you know, right. maybe even the strings a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. we, we get we get that brief statement of it in Solo, right, when Maul shows up. Um, because in that, I think in that particular story, they're using it like it's his theme, right? Um, right. Which, you know, for the several, you know, for so many people, when you hear that song, you immediately are going to think of Darth Maul. Um, yes. So even though it's not his theme particularly, it, it's going to elicit feelings of, of Darth Maul. But I think it would have been really cool to get it, um, like a statement of it, when Ben and Ray together face down the Emperor. Um, ah, like it would have yeah. been kind of cool right there. Just like a brief little statement of it. Um, yeah. So, but that's okay. It's not there. Um, so great pick though, Jason. Uh, Thank you. I will say like it changed my way of loving Star Wars music as well. I mean, getting that music video was awesome. Uh, watching that on TRL every time it was on was great on, on TV. Like it was so cool. Um, great pick. Fear is the path to the dark side. You know, or yeah. no. Fear is my ally. That's right. that's the one. Right. Uh, so good. So good. Well, let's see here. I'm pretty sure I know what your number one is, sir. Yes, indeed. Are we going to a a, a swampy little world known mm-hmm. as Dagobah? We sure are. It is the to me forever the greatest piece of music in Star Wars for me, which is Yoda's theme. So if Star Wars had a sound for me, this would be it. Um, <laughs> you know, if that makes any sense. But right, like if if there is, yeah, if there was something that's gonna make me feel connected to Star Wars in its purest way, it's Yoda's theme. It's the song that has always just 
ugh, just always worked for me. Um, even even as a kid, even up till now, it's never changed. This has forever been my favorite piece of Star Wars music. Um, right, even right here, we get we get this fun little playful element. Right, Yoda's fun. Let's come play. Um, but I think what works so well for me with this this track, um, and I did mitigate my list a bit. Normally, like things like Across the Stars, Anakin's theme, the Rise of Skywalker theme, kind of these more melodramatic type pieces are normally my favorite types of Star Wars music. Um, cause that's the kind of music I just like even outside of Star Wars. Um, right. but Yoda's theme specifically there, it's just so peaceful and serene. So every time it comes on, I feel safe and it, and I feel safe because it, it's what sounds like Star Wars to me. Star Wars makes me feel safe in a lot of ways. So this song just immediately takes me to that safe place of Dagobah. Um, and, and I think the fact that this is the music that plays when, we get Yoda and Dagobah, even in the story, it gives Luke this sense of refuge in this dark, swampy planet, right? We don't get very ominous, scary music. I mean, we get a little bit of it when he crash lands, but then pretty much the rest of the music on Dagobah is elements of Yoda's theme and the Force theme. Um, this is a very peaceful, serene place. Um, the melody is kind of carried by these strings, and it's you know it kind of slowly builds towards this um, transcendent thing here in the middle, right? It, it indicates that Yoda's our spiritual master, right? He is the one who has transcended this crude matter, <laughs> right? He is the yes. one who is at harmony in the force and invites us through Luke into that harmony, Right? Um, and under the, under the main melody, we get a lot of, of, of little harp strings here. I'm going to back this up here in the background there. Hear that harp? So, you know, again, I think it's just the pure genius of John Williams to give us, because again, in Western music, a harp is an angelic piece of music right we think of angels in heaven playing their harps yes of course we're going to get a harp underneath yoda's theme because yoda is kind of this angelic being he is the one who's going to open the door for luke to fully immerse himself in the force because that's who yoda is um he offers the wisdom of his own connection he he is the most adorable little force cherub you will ever meet (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah um so I don't I don't have much more to say beyond that. Um it's just like I like I've said, you know, Yoda's theme has always been the piece of Star Wars music that just draws me right in. And I, even like this listen listen to the way it kind of fades out. It's like a good bedtime story coming to an end. Right. It's just oh, it's just so beautiful and perfect. And this is a song that I listen to a lot still <laughs> um, whenever I have a Star Wars playlist it, or make a new Star Wars playlist. This is always in it, no matter what, because um, this is Star Wars to me. Um, and I think it, this is what represents. Again, so it, it's it's personal, um, but it represents what Star Wars means to me, which is it's it's this 
place where I feel safe, but a place that also makes me feel like I want to connect to something beyond myself. And even in the experience of Star Wars, um, that means I want to connect to the the grand fan community. I want to stay connected to these people that I care about. Um, but yeah, Yoda's theme is just, ugh, I just feel it in my heart every time. Every time those heart strings get plucked, so does my heart strings. And, and I'm right there in tune with Yoda. Um, so yeah, that's my number one. No, it's, it's a gorgeous piece of music and it's, it's got, you know, a lot of, a lot of little different elements to it. It's, you know, it, it starts off sort of kind of mysterious. Um, and you know, like you're searching, then it has the playful part, which is of course, you know, what we get from Yoda when we first meet him is he's this, you know, acting like this playful little crazy person. Um, but then it goes into the wisdom and mm. the spiritual, uh, you know, aspect of Yoda and really kind of lives there in a transcendent sense for the rest of the, the piece of music. Um, and honestly, in a, in a, in a funny little way, as you you went back to, to play the end of it again, as it goes out, it just sort of makes me feel like there's a, uh, slightly bemused, uh, wise knowing smile being sent my direction um <laughs> you know <laughs> so it, it really kind of has that that aspect to it it's like i know what you're going through you don't see it yet but you will you know yeah. uh, and it's it's such a it really is reassuring um and and really you know buoys up you know buoys you up and makes you feel like it's going to be okay. Um, so it's, it's a very good piece of music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, interestingly enough, force theme, not on either of our lists. That was interesting. I almost, I, I don't think of it as a theme in that way. In a lot of ways, if I'm being talk- honest, it's in some ways it's a motif more than a theme, right? right? Cause it's just right. a few notes. Um, yeah, I've never thought of it as its own standalone theme. Um, and and for whatever reason, I do love it, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. That's a, I like that you pointed that out because it never even crossed my mind to include it. I, as I was finishing my list, I was like, oh, I wonder if I should put the force. No, I'm good. Um, you know, so it was, it was just very interesting because it is, it's almost sort of like the, part of the fabric of star Wars in and of itself anyways, yeah. that it doesn't necessarily need. And it's, it is the most played motif or theme or whatever you want to call it in star Wars period. Right. You know, it's, there's no way around that. Um, so I feel it kind of just speaks for itself in many cases and, and I'm free to enjoy and put all these other things on my list. Yeah. So, well, in some ways, if the force is a character, well, it's obviously an unseen character the theme itself, the music is almost like it's embodiment in the story, right? So it's like, Oh, this is the character right now of the force, right? It's not, it's, it's not, this is going to sound very bizarre, but it's almost like it's not a piece of music, but it's a character. But since it can't be seen, we have to hear it. And this is the sound it makes (laughs) whenever it shows up. Right. So in, in whatever, in, in some strange way, I don't think of it as a musical piece. I think of it as a character piece. Yeah, I, I'm totally along with you, and it really is a, a a very good way to describe it because it is it is the sound of the force, um, like 
which is not something new to John Williams because the Jaws theme in Jaws is the sound of the shark uh, yeah. because we don't see the shark all that much. You know, the the theme is the shark. Right. The fourth theme is the force. You know, it, and it's it's the character. It's not it's not music in a way yeah. that makes sense to anybody. I know it makes sense to Carl and I because we're agreeing on this. But to <laughs> anybody else out there, I'm not sure if it makes sense, but that's what we, we're just that's a couple how we of nuts feel. right now. Yeah, um, we're well, we are in our, yes. our little quarantine bubble. Yeah. There, well, we're um, a little crazy anyway, Carl. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it, y'all. There, there are our favorite themes from the Star Wars universe. As always, we love it when you share yours. So please feel free to do so when this is posted. Um, because again, it, it's always great to hear what other people are are really enjoying musically from Star Wars. Um, and in some ways, I feel like we did save this this particular type of episode best for last. Like I love, I think this is the perfect way to end is just talking about these big key themes and and what they mean to us in the story. So again, share share yours because we always love to hear them. Uh, and and don't feel like they have to be the big stuff, everybody. You know because this is all personal and subjective. So, right. There's uh, never a wrong answer with this sort of thing. No, there isn't. Um, but Carl, if people want to weigh in on their thoughts, uh, on this episode or share any of the, their favorite themes that they've been listening to or that connect with them, where can they do that, sir? Uh, well, of course we are on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well at Wampas Lair Podcast. And you can also send us an email at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. We've also been uh, kind of like slow rebooting our Patreon page. So we've kind of slimmed it down a bit. So more details to follow next week about that. But if you do want to check out the Patreon page and what the opportunities are there, just head over to patreon.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. You can find us there. If you want to support the show um, beyond just listening to us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the the uh, musical bracket will we'll wrap up at the end of the week. So we'll talk about that next week with the start of June. We'll uh, also go back to normally scheduled matchups and polls like normal. Um, so be on the lookout for all of that next week. Indeed. And don't forget, if you leave us an iTunes review, send us your email with your username so that you can be entered uh, into the uh, musical mayhem drawing, which will be next. We'll be drawing that next Tuesday, which is when we record. So, should you get that for then? Right. Well, I mean, May ends at the end of the week, so we we said May. So, <laughs> indeed. indeed. Um, so, else, Carl? No, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for me. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number three hundred and eighty-four. Thematic mayhem for Carl. I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here. Here.